Ladies, welcome to the Web3 and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose Delara. I've been working as a marketing leader in Web3 for the past seven years. And as amazing as it's been, it's also been super tough. But with every hardship comes learning, and I'm here to pass that on to help you thrive in Web3. If I can make a difference to at least one of my listeners, it's all been worth it. So take 20, plug in, and get ready to gain the confidence, knowledge, and strategies you need to thrive in Web3. Hi, everyone. How are we going? I am having one of those weeks where I'm tired. I'm trying to give up coffee. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll be seeing my coffee journey and how I really struggle to give it up. It's a bit like giving up sugar. You stop making the coffee in the morning and you really feel temperamental, uh, (laughs) frustrated at life, sad, tired, like you go through all of the emotions and it gets a bit much. So I've started drinking coffee during the week again because I have so much to do. Um, I'm literally planning out my weeks by the hour and everything is full. Like this week is so full. And what I've started doing is taking Mondays and Fridays to focus just on working on the business, like recording podcasts. Um, I mean, I'm doing this on a Wednesday, but still recording podcasts on a Monday and Friday, um, not having any client calls and just taking that time out. However, on the flip side of that, it means I have to cramp a lot into three days, which is great and it makes me hyperproductive. But if I am having like an ADHD moment, I uh, tend to not be as productive as I like. And all those people who are listening who struggle with a bit of ADHD, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Like you've, I've mentioned in the past, cleaning the kitchen, playing with the dogs, hyper-focusing on something that is totally not going to move the needle in my business. So Luckily, I have people who keep me accountable and get me back on track. I have my own coach. I've got Antoine who's saying, Emily, aren't you meant to be doing this, this, and this? I have uh, Regan, my Web3 BFF, as I call her, but she's now my in real life BFF. Um, And we just basically nudge each other and tell each other, hey, what are you meant to be doing this week? Have you done it? We hold each other accountable. Obviously, going off on one, as the ADHD brain likes to do, but accountability is what keeps us back on track. Anyway, hope you are all great. And that is my week. As you can tell, it's been a bit of a hectic one. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the one thing you need to let go of right now to start moving forward. And that, my dears, is scarcity. Many people actually, when I bring this word to the table, don't understand what I'm talking about with scarcity. So scarcity is the idea of there is not enough to go around. There's not enough money. There's not enough clients. There's not enough contracts. There's not enough X, Y, Z, whatever you want to put in there, right? The idea that there's not enough. And before I get into it, I've always struggled with a scarcity mindset. To give you some background, I had a fairly privileged upbringing. So my dad was a doctor. My mom was a nurse. We lived in a gigantic house in this beautiful seaside town. I was never without anything. I had a lovely upbringing. But my parents, as your parents might be, come from the generation of, you need to study, Emily. You need to get good grades because if you don't get good grades, then you're not going to get a good job. If you don't get a good job, you're not going to buy a house. If you don't buy a house, then what are you going to do with your life, right? 
that was the generation they came from. And if we go back a bit further, their parents' generation came from just post-war, right? So post-World War II in Europe, where they had to be scarce. They had rations. They didn't have enough food to go around. Like, for example, I know in the northeast of England, they had fish and chips for dinner, right? But they couldn't necessarily get sugar. They couldn't necessarily always get flour and stuff. So there's always been this kind of idea that there's not enough to go around for everybody. I don't know if you know much about generational trauma. Um, I study this and I've done a bit of generational trauma healing. These things get ingrained in everything that we do. And as you know, the words you say, you start to do. Um, If you've ever looked into manifestation, basically what you say out loud, your body registers and you start to believe it, you start to do it. So I always believe, don't ever say bad things out loud that you don't want to happen. So going back to scarcity, I had this like great upbringing and nothing about it was scarce, but I imagine, um, and I haven't actually figured this out, I imagine that throughout my childhood, things were said that kind of triggered a scarcity mindset. Like I remember when I was on family holidays, I was reminding everybody at the table, like, don't order too much. It's going to be really expensive. Like I wasn't the person paying for it. I was like 10. My dad was always like, what the fuck? What's going on? Like, (laughs) hello, we're fine. Um, Like something must have happened. And I also found that coming from the Northeast of England, if you if you know, I mean, you might be from all over the world, but the north of east of England is very, um, I would not not necessarily working class because I don't necessarily believe in classes anymore. But it's more you keep yourself to this, yourself. You're very comfortable. You kind of do with what you've got, and um, very down to earth, I would say. But it's also I don't know how to describe it. It's not a negative place to live, but it's kind of people have a rhetoric that they've been used to using for a long time. So I don't have enough money for that. I can't afford that. Wow, that's expensive. Oh my God, so-and-so, they must be earning a lot of money. Look at that car, la, 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 right? So it's always like comparing themselves, always showcasing the fact that they are without something, okay? So just a bit of background from where I grew up. And I think this is where the scarcity mindset kind of came from. And because of this, I felt like before I moved away, like I moved away 10 years ago from the UK now, I don't think I was the most optimistic, glass half full kind of person. And I really think that I didn't get the life I wanted because of that. I think it held me back. This fear of being without was like constantly stopping me from growing. And it really kept me stuck. And I feel like it kept me stuck until I moved country. Like, and my... um, I think it was in my last podcast episode, one of the last podcast episodes, I left the UK with 2,000 euros or 2,000 pounds. And that didn't scare me. Like the fact that I had these 2,000 pounds was a lot to me because I'd never known anything more. I hadn't earned more than that. So I still had this scarcity mindset when I moved to Vietnam, but it, it wasn't as bad. And, and what helped me so much to remove this scarcity mindset is seeing other people who were worse off than me. So I came from this great upbringing, right? Even though those scarcities like speckled through it, nothing was as bad as living on the streets, right? So when we moved to Vietnam, well, when I moved to Vietnam on my own, there was street families, there was dogs running around everywhere, which of course I love, but there was children without anything. And what I saw was they didn't seem to complain. Everybody seemed to be quite happy. There was always a community surrounding them. And 
money wasn't everything. Like they had a roof over their heads. Like I, I don't see that many homeless people in Vietnam. Like you see obviously street families, but these people have a roof over their head. Like the Vietnamese communities would never see them on the streets really like without a roof of some kind. Like it might be a tarpaulin. They would never see them without food. And that's the the nature of the culture. Like they are um, a community-based culture. Very different to England, very different to Europe. So I saw this, this was kind of like trickling into me. And you know, that 2000 pounds went really far. And as you know, in the past episodes, I started earning money quite quickly, but being able to stretch that money much further than it would have gone in the UK started to help me realize that I have more than enough. Okay. If we fast forward a bit to, I would say, you know, my scarcity mindset didn't really shift until about a year and a half ago. It kept me stuck. It kept me stuck in jobs I didn't like. It kept me stuck in um, relationships I didn't want. It kept me stuck in a cycle of earning less than I should have been earning. Okay. It stopped me asking for money that I was worth. So for example, I always used to underprice myself for clients because I didn't think that they would say yes. So I was like, okay, well, it's better if they just say yes at a lower price. At least I have a client, right? It's always been that way. And so when I realized that this was starting to be a problem, that this was holding me back, I had to start making changes. And the awareness doesn't happen overnight, by the way, guys. So there's a few things that I did. I, first of all, had my spiritual awakening, as you will know, it's a bit woo-woo, but it helped me realize that I can literally do whatever I want. I have full guidance. Um, If I just tap into my higher self, like this is a bit woo-woo if you're listening. Um, I know it's not for everyone. I can literally create the life I want. I started meditating every single day. And by doing that, I was able to notice the cues. I was able to notice when the thoughts came up and that's where it started to change. So I noticed that, for example, I used to say, oh, that's too expensive. Oh, um, how can this person make so much money in this short period of time? And I noticed that I was comparing myself. I was constantly identifying that I didn't have something like this lack mindset. And once I started noticing it in my meditations, when it came up, like if you're a meditator and you do it frequently and you do deep meditations, you'll realize that things do just come up. It's, it's really interesting. And I started journaling and noting all this stuff down. Just side note, I haven't had a therapist for like 10 years because I always say I want to get a therapist, but I'm very much like growth focused. So coaches help me more. So I started noticing, writing everything down in the journals. And I was like, okay, what can I do? How can I get out of this mindset? And so I'm a big believer of reading, listening, absorbing, learning constantly. And I started to coach myself. So this was before I did my coaching qualification and before I even got my first coach. And I was like, okay, how can I change this narration in the back of my head that I don't have enough? Okay. So I started seeing abundance like I have the ability to create the life I want. And I started noticing that there is an abundance of everything in the world, in nature, in like in farms, like in farming, there's so many seeds that are sown to create so much vegetables. Like there's always enough food to eat, right? There's enough air to breathe. We have enough of everything. And I also realized that the less I focused on what I am lacking, so instead of thinking, I don't have enough money, think I have a lot of money. Like I have enough money to pay for the roof over my head. I have enough money to eat organic food. I have enough money to live the life, the comfortable life I want. I even have enough money to help other people. And if you constantly replace these negative thoughts with 
what the truth is because actually the truth is that you do have enough. Like if you're not living on the streets and you are not in poverty, you do have enough, okay? Regardless of what you think, you're totally fine. That's all that matters. Um, I have enough um, energy. I have enough motivation. Like if you just start replacing the lack, like closing the gap, there's actually a book about the lack. And if you realize that you can switch the lack to like abundance, life starts to get easier. I don't know if I explained that very well. It's basically my experience. But noticing the triggers, noticing the um, thought patterns, so the words that come up that I want, or comparing yourself, the um, I don't have, the lack, replacing that with I have everything I need. As silly as it sounds, it's not, it's not, bas- it's not just you repeating these mantras, like, because mantras, I don't believe, work fully. You have to actually put in the work. If you start living by these rules life gets a bit easier. So it's stuff like not just focusing on the money. Like I'm really motivated by financial goals because I'm competitive with myself. But when I start focusing on how many people can I help, everything comes a bit easier. And if you had a thought about there isn't enough clients for me or there's not enough money in the industry that I'm in, if you replace it with how many people can I help today, then your thought pattern shifts to there's many people to help. Okay. Everybody needs your help. Everybody needs serving. Everybody has something that they could work through today. That's if you're a coach, for example. There's always um, businesses that could do with advice or um, there's always someone who's having a tough time that you could be maybe get through that tough time. So I hope I've drilled it in. <laughs> also, there's something that I want you to know. You cannot control what others think. So if you are surrounded by people who are constantly feeding you like negativity, feeding you scarcity words, scarcity sentences, or like constantly like bringing this scarcity energy. You've got to remember that you can't control them, but you can control how you act. And all you need to do is bring positivity to the conversation. So if someone comes to you and says, oh, I don't have enough money for that. What do you have enough money for? What is in your life right now? Um, Let's focus on the positives, not just like the positive, like, I don't know if you guys have heard the term uh, toxic positivity, like uh, bringing positivity to the table when it's like actually undue. So it's more about like bringing the good stuff to the table, reminding them that they do have enough, reminding them what they do have. And I, I guess the crux of all of this is being grateful for what you've got. And seriously, I really struggled with um, this whole gratefulness practice. I was like, oh yeah, great. If I just say how grateful I am, everything's going to change, right? No, it really doesn't work like that. I practice gratefulness in my meditations and I've tried the whole, I am grateful for this and I'm grateful for that. It doesn't work for me, right? It's too vague. So what I do now is in the six phase meditation that I follow with uh, Vishen Lakiani, his first phase is compassion. So what do you love? What do you love so much? Like you can feel it in your whole body. You let that radiate out. So you're filled with like compassion. And then you move on to the next phase and it's gratitude. And the gratitude is in three stages. So what are you grateful for that happened like in the last 24 hours to 48 hours? So it's very specific. It's not like, I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for this. No, it's like, what's happened specifically? What are you grateful for in terms of work? Like what's happened in the last 24 to 48 hours? Like very specific again, not like, I'm grateful that I've got a job, right? No, it's like, I'm grateful that Kevin in HR wrote me a nice message today at work, or I'm grateful that I was paid on time. And then the third part is, what are you grateful for in yourself? So that could be like, I'm grateful for the fact that I force myself to get up every day. 
and go to the gym. I am grateful for the fact that I have looked after my body for this many years and now I'm able to do X, Y, Z, like run 10 miles or whatever, right? This kind of gratefulness practice is way more specific and helps you realize what you've got, all the good things that have happened. So this also was something that helped me to shift the scarcity mindset. Visualizing as well helps you too. So I, in part part of the six-phase meditation that I speak about on LinkedIn, um, you can get it on the Mind Valley app, by the way. I'm also not affiliated with this. I just am obsessed with the six-phase meditation. You can do like um, a visualization practice where it's like not necessarily focusing on what you don't have right now. It's like focusing on what you do have in the future. Like not, I want to have um, a big house. I want to have 10 children. Hopefully not. <laughs> I want to have 10 dogs more like. It's focusing on, I have right now this house. I have right now this million dollars in my bank account, if you can control that, by the way. If you if you want to win the lottery, that's not something you can control. I have a very successful business. It's focusing on what you have and seeing that it's coming, right? It's not, I want this big house. It's like, I have it. It's in the future, right? I'm just going to go through the journey to get there, if that makes sense. So all of this combined, the realizing that I came from a background where scarcity was a problem and that people kept uh, kind of drilling it into me. It was kind of in my generational DNA. Realizing that that was coming up and realizing that I was a um, glass half empty kind of person to being thrown into an immersion of um, poverty. So in Vietnam, there's tons of poverty, realizing that actually these people are very happy with what they've got and they never think about what they don't have. Realizing that this was something that I could also have control over. Then realizing everything that I do have through like meditation, gratitude practice, compassion practice, realizing when the scarcity thoughts were coming up and shifting them to abundance mindset. So if I was thinking I don't have enough money, I have enough money to cover the bills. I have enough money to live a healthy life, okay? And just repeat, 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 repeating compassion practice, repeating gratitude practice, repeat the replacing the thought practice. And also stopping comparing myself to people. I've said this time and time again, I say it to all my clients, you cannot compare to people who are like 10 steps ahead. You need to compare yourself. If you want to compare yourself, I don't always recommend it. But I always say you can compare and learn from people who are one step ahead. So for example, in my case, uh, my coaching business is new. I started it last year. Um, I could compare myself to someone who's two years ahead, right? And they've built out a successful program. They've got all their processes in place. They've got a constant stream of new clients. They are people I could not necessarily compare to, but I could learn from. Okay. So start to see compare as learn from and also start to celebrate other people's successes. This is something that I had to learn a few years ago. Instead of being like jealous of other people or getting this feeling of like, oh, why can't I have that? Realize that you can have that. You literally are celebrating the fact that they've managed to figure it out. It's it's amazing. Like people who are so successful, I see them on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, like people who have got like 100 million followers, they figured out something. They're the outliers. They've got something different. How can you get something different too? They're just proving that we can literally have whatever we want, whenever we want. They just figured it out quicker than we did. They have a lot to teach us and we can learn those from them. We should celebrate the fact that they are paving the way for us to success. 
Okay. <laughs> that was a lot. It was a bit of a ramble. I am trying to do more of these kind of podcasts where it's kind of getting all the thoughts out of my head. So that's the end of the podcast today. I hope you learned a lot from that. If you do have any questions, just drop me a message on LinkedIn. That's the channel I'm always active on. I also have a goal setting workshop that I'm running that will actually help you to get over the scarcity. It helps some of my clients to like set big goals and then work backwards to realize what they have right now and what they're working towards. Goal setting workshop link is in the notes. It also includes an accountability call that we run every month where it kind of gives you a space, a kind of like, not like, not really like group coaching, but it's kind of a space where you can all come together, you can discuss, you can find mentors, you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and you can make sure that you're all on track with your goals. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know your feedback on this kind of format of the podcast and I look forward to speaking to you next time. So that's all I've got for you today. As always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to drop us a review and head over to Instagram and TikTok at Emily and Web3 for daily content. And feel free to drop me a message or question. I am here to serve you. See you next time.